Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Tony will be uh, doing some prayer for Liverpool after, after the meeting, so we can pray. We can pray for you. Not a problem. We can do that. Well, um, well, guys, it's great to see everybody today, other than just the worship team and Tony and Julie, but it's great to see everybody. Um, thank you so much, worship team. Um, I also just want to touch on, um, for those of you who joined Family Matters on Wednesday, wasn't that a real special time? Josh and Kara, thank you so much for what you shared. Um, some really, really exciting news about them moving to Canada in September. Um, and I know that Josh is going to come back. Um, and he's going to be preaching, um, continue speaking into this sermon series. And when he does, he'll tell us more about the journey of um, how they got to that place and what God's speaking to them at that time. And also, Aishka, Aishka, you shared amazingly as well. So those of you who know Aishka um, is stepping down from being the prophetic. But she has a word for us next week that she's actually going to be sharing. She's going to be speaking next week, so that's not going to be one to miss. Aishka, we are so excited. And then last is, I know it was said on the chat, but it is James Porter's birthday today. James, happy birthday. Guys, on the chat, say happy birthday to that amazing man. We can't sing happy birthday, sorry. Sorry, he doesn't, he, he won't hear it in that kind of way. Um, all right, so we, as uh, Tim said, we have just kicked off, Josh kicked off a ser- sermon series um, that we are doing for the next week, weeks or so around the, the, the uh, Psalm 23, I lack nothing. And Josh did an amazing job. If you haven't, um, if you haven't picked it up, uh, please listen to it. It's going to give you kind of a reference of where we're going. Um, But before I uh, share, I'm just going to pray. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would come to us as you always do and that we come to you as disciples, not professionals, and we come to learn from you this morning. Father, that, that title of this sermon series, I Lack Nothing, Father, we don't want to just agree with that statement. We want to be that statement. We want to live that statement from the heart. Lord, we just lay everything down, Lord, and we say you lack nothing. In such a time as this, Lord, we lack nothing because we have you. Amen. Amen. Well, I, um, I, I have this belief that is inside me that kind of, for me, has kind of been a compass for my life. And it's the statement that I believe every single person in the body of Christ has a calling on their life. If you call Jesus your Lord and Savior, then you have connected yourself into the family of God and he made you for a specific reason. There is something only you can do on this planet. And it's something that I think it's a value of our house. Um, But specifically, I I, I think about it a lot. It's been, I've been walking with the Lord, um, I would say, well, I grew up in this house, but 16 years ago, I, I, I think I went from, I kind of agree with the Lord to I am all in. And for 16 years, I have pursued this question, God, what is it that you've asked me to do for my life? I, I, I believe it's probably one of the most important questions that we're to constantly ask ourselves. Are we doing what God has asked us to do? Because there's only one Jonathan. There's only one you. There is only ever going to be one you. And I want to, I want to live a life that is so fully connected to the calling that I know that when I go and meet my maker and he says, well done, good and faithful servant, I am saying, I know that with the, with the actions, the words, everything I do of my life is all connected to who God's called me to be. 
And I, I find this subject so interesting that I emailed Pete and Barbie Reynolds over a year ago, and I just asked them the question just about you know, your calling and how um, those guys um, over the years have uh, addressed this. And Pete, Peter emailed me back and he wrote this. He said, Mark Twain is famous for the quote, the two most important days in one's life is the day you were born and the day you find out why. Most people, if I ask that as a question, say the second most important day is the day you die. But I say it's too late then. No, the second most important day other than that you were born is the day you find out why. The thing is that God made you, everyone, unique. Nobody else can exactly take your place. Nobody else can fulfill the thing that God has ordained you to fulfill in the way that he designed you to fulfill that. So be the one that God himself has made you to be. Not a copy of somebody else. Be the sound and not merely an echo of something or somebody else. Be actually not merely a reflection. You have been made as light. Be that, be it. Isn't that great? So good. And, and you know, I could, I could tell you, if you guys want to dig a bit deeper, Ephesians 4, Paul writes, live a life worthy of your calling. Live a life worthy of your calling. And every word that comes out of our mouth, every decision, every thought, every action can all be traced back to what this sermon series title is, I Lack Nothing. This is not like a cool fridge magnet. This is a way of life. This is a plumb line belief that actually everything you do could be traced to the root of, I lack nothing. You know, how you manage your finances, how you cultivate your relationships, your possessions. It can all be traced back to this root question that I believe the Lord is asking us in such a time as this is do you believe that you lack nothing when you're with me? Do you believe that you lack nothing? You know, because of um, this belief that I carry, and I know this house carries, that we all have a calling on our lives and how I lack nothing is a perfect place to start. I just know that this is something that the Lord is wanting, is asking the church again, do you believe me? Do you believe me about this in your life? You know, I lack nothing is a weapon against what we are being told every single day. It's, you might not have known this, but I'd say this morning, every single person listening to this message has either thought of something or they've been presented with something that says, you need to buy this, do this, eat this, drink this, have this, watch this, be this. Let me say it again. Buy this, do this, eat this, drink this, have this, watch it, be this. All of these statements are, are actually against what the Lord is saying to us is that you lack nothing to have fulfillment. We could trace this back all the way to Genesis 3. Very well known. We all know this. Genesis, Genesis 3, but Adam and Eve. Adam, Eve was deceived by Satan, by the enemy that came at Eve and directly deceived her in believing that she was in lack. You know, deceive, the word deceive means deliberately causing someone to believe something that is not true, especially for personal gain. Just, just read it with me and see what I'm talking about. Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, 
Did God really say you must not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that you will eat from it. Your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Can you see how subtle the deception of how the serpent is talking to Eve, just slightly doubting the words of the Lord, slightly saying, but did he really mean that? And does he really say this? When he, what, did he really mean what he said? Do we, do, we, do we live in a world that is actually constantly telling us something, telling us who we're supposed to be in a world that somehow has got its own agenda that's against God's? You might, you might hear things to do with ambition about um, becoming who God's called you to be is lies that we might even believe, even in the churches, you know, is God in charge? Is he really on your side? Is he really for you? And what about, what about your calling? What about things that we are actually facing right now when you, you might be listening to this message saying, well, I don't really know, Jonathan, really what you're talking about. And really what... This, is, this part of our life is, is realizing that Jesus didn't come just to save us from our sins. He came so that we might live life and live life to the full. And that he has called us to partake with him in reviving this world and preaching Jesus and bringing Jesus into every situation that you are in. Your calling is so important. It's so important, church. You know, we all have choices. We all have choices that we're making. I, I'm, I, I'd need someone to Google how many choices an average person makes a day. <laughs> Quite a lot. Quite a lot. And we could open our Bibles. And, you know, what I love about the Scripture is that we have a book that's in front of us. How many? 35,000 choices. Come on. I love it. We've got Google on hand at any moment. Thank you, guys. 35,000 choices. Well, for those of you who are listening, I thank you that one of your choices today was to be with us. <laughs> but we, we, have, we have a book in our hand that, is, that God has written for us to read, to be able to see and map out what it is and how people decide to follow the call of God on their lives. And with all the choices that are made, we can actually learn and take stock of what they went through and apply it to our own lives. And, I, and for years, I have always taken this um, message on walking out your calling, and I've always uh, focused on the life of David. I've always gone, well, look, David is like the perfect example about... Um, what it is for a man that was after God's own heart and the choices that he made and how he walked out his calling. But around this series that we've been going into about the statement, I lack nothing, I have been really challenged personally by actually, as you begin to delve into the truth of I lack nothing, it kind of messes you up because every single thing that you read in the Bible, the choices that men and women make actually can all come down to this one statement. I lack nothing. 
which is a complete surrender to truth. It's a surrender to trust, knowing that we are perfectly in the Lord's hand and that there's nothing that man can do to stop who God's called you to be. But what I will say is a but. We do make choices that actually can be against what God wants. And we're going to read something in a minute that I am... I had not seen for a very long time, but in delving into this message of I Like Nothing got absolutely amplified the last two weeks in preparing for this message. And it's about Moses. Now Moses, um, Moses, as we know in the book of Exodus is where it kicks off, but Moses was 120 years old and we read his life and and, and I've heard it said that you can break it up into three, 40 years of where he was um, living in Egypt, 40 years of when he was in the wilderness, and then 40 years is when he led um, Israel out of Egypt and then into the desert. So you can take it as three forties. You can say, um, there there was a saying, but I can't remember how how it was beautifully put, but if we look at the 120 year um, reign of Moses, we can safely say, this is a man who followed the call call that was on his life. Would Would I get an amen for that? Yeah. So what I find interesting is that those first 40 years of his life are actually only a few verses, and yet the last 80 are probably the uh, most of Exodus, and then goes into Deuteronomy and Leviticus and Numbers, and you can keep reading. But the first 40 years is only in a few verses, which I just think kind of like, I'm like, I wish we could get more into the step, depth of kind of like, what was Moses doing when he was a boy? Same thing as when you read the, the Gospels. You're like, Jesus, I want to know what you were doing from when you were a baby to 30 years old. Like, I want to know, what was Jesus like as a teenager? Anyway, moving on. Guys, and, and, and I want to, in the lens we're reading is, I lack nothing. And I want us to read this uh, verse, this passage in Exodus 2. Um, and I'm just going to read it to you. And this is all around the decisions that we make when it comes to our calling and about lacking. I'm going to read it to you, Exodus 2. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was special. He was a special baby and it kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus, reeds, and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the riverbank, or on the bank of the Nile River. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip and go straight to verse 11, but you guys know that this is the story where... Um, Moses' mum gave let go of the basket and the basket went through the River Nile and that the, Moses ended up being spotted um, by, the, by royalty inside um, Pharaoh and he was taken in, adopted into the um, Egyptian uh, family. And then this is where it gets really interesting. Again, this is now many years later, verse 11 says, many years later, When Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews and looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching. Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. And the next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting 
Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who'd started the fight. And the man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? And then Moses was afraid, thinking everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. Really, really interesting. You know, I, I just said, this is really kind of the first account of Moses' life. It's not very, very um, many verses long, but this is the first 40, really. He's, he's a boy. Um, clearly, um, there is something special over Moses' life. And, and to me, that is just the, 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 the exact same thing that we are saying at the beginning, is that actually every single person who's part of the body of Christ has a calling on their life. You're special. You have something that no one else has that's ever had and will have. Amen? And Moses then grows up and out of curiosity, he was curious. He knew that he was not an Egyptian, but out of curiosity, he went out and he went to go see his own people. And then during his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow peoples, one of his brothers, And after looking in all directions, left and right, making sure that no one was looking, he took hold of that officer, that policeman, however you want to call it, killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Now, if I was to ask you a question, and I kind of have already answered it, I said it explaining who Moses was and what he did. Moses' calling was what? What was Moses' calling on his life? I am actually asking for the people in the room, but they haven't caught on. Come on, you've got Google. How long does it take to Google that question? Right, exactly, right? To lead God's people out of Egypt. So he was, he was removing them from slavery. He was saving the lives of all of the Jewish, Jewish family, right? His job was... If he was there to bring justice, he was there to be the deliverer, he was there to save a nation. Would you all agree? But look what happens, right? Moses sees something that is directly connected to his calling, which is stopping injustice, and yet Moses does something. Moses looks left and right and says, all right, I'm going to make this happen. I'm actually going to make this happen. I'm actually going to move and do what God's called me to do. But do you know what? I'm going to do it in a way that making sure no one can see me because I'm about to kill someone to make it happen. Do you, do you not find it interesting that even though it's how small this story is, do you see um, what happens next? After he killed the Egyptian, you see something really prophetic being said right here by when he, he, he tries to stop two Israelites fighting. He says, hey, stop fighting. And then they turn to Moses and they say, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Which I think is absolutely amazing because obviously this is who Moses is supposed to be. This is his calling. He is supposed to be a judge. He is supposed to be a prince to these people. And yet Moses did something. Moses did something with his own hands, which was attached to his calling that got him into serious trouble. And I want to take it back to, 
it was because he did not believe God. It's because he could not say, I lack nothing. It was because he did not put his trust in the Lord that suddenly he looked left and right, took his calling into his own hands, killed a man, buried him in the sand, and then what happens next? He gets driven out. He runs into the desert. You know, you cannot twist God's arm to make him do something for you. You know, the real mark of a son and a daughter with the Lord, in, you know, talking about I lack nothing, is that actually every single person in this room or at home that's watching, we all have dreams, we all have desires. You know, we actually, all of us, either, either you don't know, and do you know what, this would be a, this would be a mission for my, me and this house is to actually help you become everything that God's called you to be, to understand who it is and what God's called you to do. But for those of us that already know, I'm, I'm talking to those that maybe have been, been in church a long time that actually can say, yeah, I'm actually still waiting. I feel like I'm still waiting to fully walk into the calling that God's called me to do. And I believe this message about Moses taking the calling into his own hands is for all of us this morning to ask the Lord, have I done this? You know, um, Joshua Luke Smith said this quote um, only a few days ago, and it's just absolutely pure gold. He says, the way that you pursue something defines how you possess it. The way you pursue something defines how you possess it. And I would say that there is um, a lie that I believe that has crept into the body of Christ when it comes to our calling. And we've learned it from the world because the world says, you can't wait for something to happen. You have to make it happen. You have to make it happen. And I believe it's come into the church. I'm not talking live church bath. I'm saying the church where somehow we've, we believe that we think that our calling that God's given us is actually more to do with the strength of our own hands rather than the hands of God. And do you know what's really interesting? Moses buried the secret of the killed soldier. He buried... He buried the Egyptian soldier in sand, okay? And if you think what the imagery of that, the whole imagery of who the Egyptian was, was Moses leading the people out, right? And out of insecurity, out of fear, out of mistrust, Moses took it out, took it on his own hands, buried the secret in the sand. Do you know what's really interesting? There isn't anywhere in the Bible that I can read and I'm putting myself out here, vulnerability, Edmund is going to come after me on this, but I believe there's nothing in the Bible that says the Lord plants his people into sand. He only plants his people into soil. And do you know why? Do you know why there's a difference between soil and sand? See, soil is the base where the roots of a plant can be supported to grow in height, in depth and width. It holds water and filters the water that is given to feed the plant as it's planted. But sand, sand, it doesn't hold water or nutrients very well. Sand is composed of silica, usually quartz crystals, and these have relatively no ability to hold on to nutrients and little ability to hold on to water. Guys, what you build with your own hands goes into sand and you have to sustain it. 
You have to build it. You have to grow it. You have to manage it. You have to maintain it. The imagery of Moses killing that Egyptian is not crime watch. He killed someone. This is a man that took his calling into his own hands because he did not believe God and he made a mess and he buried it in the sand. You see, destiny draws you, but ambition drives you. Let me say that again. Destiny draws you, but ambition drives you. And Moses showed us how this works. You see, he was drawn by the destiny of his own people. He was curious. If you ask that question, well, Jonathan, I don't really know what is my calling. What are you curious about? What are the things that make you interested? What are the things that you're seeing that you think, I'm curious about that? There's something about that subject, those people. Um, there's something that in you that you're, you're interested about something. I think curiosity is actually your heart saying, there's a path here that I want you to go down. What are you curious about? You see, the question about I lack nothing when it comes to your calling, when it comes to the, the, what you believe God's called you to do, will all be witness to how you hold your calling before him. There are, as you, would, as you could probably, Barnes & Noble, if you're in America, or Waterstones, sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting the names of American and English shops. But if you go to the books, the biggest market for books right now are self-help books about becoming the best you about becoming you know, who you were born to be. And what's in danger here is that we actually can be taught um, ways of the world that actually teach you how to grab hold of an Egyptian soldier and bury him in the sand, rather than actually commit your life to the Lord and allow him to make it happen. This statement, I lack nothing, it is, it's not something that we agree with, it's something that we become, it's something that we live. And I've got a question for us this morning. Have we buried anything in the sand that the Lord wants to unearth this morning? Is there anything in the ground when I say I lack nothing and I talk about your calling, when I talk about ambition, when I talk about the decisions that maybe we've made even during this lockdown? The question I have is, is there anything in the sand that the Lord is wanting to bring up? You see, it's interesting when Moses did this, he looked to the left and the right, not because, not because anything was coming at, coming at at him left or right. It's because he was wanting to make sure nobody was watching him. He was wanting to do something in the secret so that nobody could see him. And I think this is the point. If we lack nothing... If we are in such perfect peace with the Lord, we hold our lives so open and so, we're so vulnerable with it that we want everybody to be a part of it. But if we're making decisions where no one is looking and we're hiding and we're trying to do things in the secret, my guess is, is that we are deep down truly afraid and do not believe that God can actually release us into the calling that's in our, on our lives. You know, I believe this, you know, we've been saying it all last year, but the, the reset is that what we've been hearing it called, you know, for the world and for the church, for us to really, really get down to the real simplicity of who is Jesus and what has he called us to be. I believe that 
this is a point where really the church is needing to answer this question of I lack nothing, especially around our callings, especially around what the Lord has called us to do. Do you know what I love about this story is that we could easily read this message of Moses and say, okay, well, he killed a man and he buried him in the ground and then therefore he then had to run and he was in 40 years of wilderness because it was punishment. I want to... I wanna, change that for us this morning and say he was not running into the wilderness because he had got it so wrong that he was going into punishment. Let me read you Hosea 2.14. Hosea writes, therefore I am now going to allure her and I will lead her into the wilderness to speak tenderly to her. This morning, I believe the Lord is drawing us again into the desert or into the wilderness on this subject, not to punish, but actually to speak loving, kindness, words of mercy, words of healing. You know, I I believe that this specific subject that the Lord is wanting to talk about, he's saying, I am drawing you into the desert so that you have no distractions, so that you can say with your whole heart, I am lack nothing. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. You know, there may be, you know, the, the, the imagery of Moses killing an Egyptian and burying it, I understand that's not relevant for right now because no one is killing Egyptians and burying them in their garden right now, thank the Lord. But what this is, is actually, do you know what, it could be an attitude It could be a disappointment. It could be something that deep down you're driving to make something happen. And actually the Lord is saying, you do not have to drive anymore. Let me build you. Let me build what I've already given you. Surrender your life to me again. I'm speaking, I'm speaking not only to people who might have never made Jesus their Lord and Saviour this morning, but I'm talking to those who have been in the church for so many years and have gotten into the, the monotony of just casually coming up to church to get their religious fix on a Sunday. But deep down, you know that there is a call on your life, but it's not happening. My desire is that we can hold our hands open before the Lord this morning and say, God, I lack nothing when it comes to my calling. I lack nothing when I stand to you, stand before you, Lord. I'm tired of trying to build something out of my own strength. Or maybe I've I've built something that actually deep down into the foundation of what I've built, there there is a dead Egyptian that needs to come out and I need to repent. I need to recognize that I've built something that has been out of the motive of I need to make it happen rather than allow the Lord to build it. There's a a verse that um, is said a few times in the Bible. Jesus quotes it. Um, I, I believe it's also in Revelation. He's talking about the Lord. It's Isaiah 22, 22. And he says, When he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. And when he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. And for me, this is a verse that I have made it my life's goal to receive this and build my life around. This verse where it says, God, you open every door and Lord, you also close every door. 
And when it comes to ambition, when it comes to actually your calling and who God's called you to be, if we as a church could hold everything that we desire like an offering before the Lord and say, Lord, it all comes from you. It all comes from you. There's no building that I need to do here. Lord, this comes out of a direct relationship with you, God. I lack nothing because you are my shepherd. I lack nothing because you are my shepherd. It's, it's Ephesians 4 where Paul writes, live a life worthy of your calling. And this morning, when it comes to I lack nothing, I just want all of us to ask the question I asked halfway, only a few minutes ago, is there anything in the ground that, I, that we've buried that we need to get out of the ground and present it to the Lord? Is there anything, is there anything that, 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 that maybe a decision has been made? Maybe there's something driving you. You know, like Josh said, that uh, amazing quote that he said, he said, the way you pursue something defines how you possess it. So I just want, I'm going to stop there, and I just want you to ask the question yourself before the Lord. Lord, am I driving something that you've actually already given me? I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, or Tim, Maria, if you, want to, if you feel like there's something the Holy Spirit is saying that you want to jump on, please come and say. But I'm going to just pray a prayer. This is a journey, guys, that you know, I've been on many times before where it comes to our, your calling. And this sermon series about I Lack Nothing is such an invitation for the church right now to go into a, set, a new level of maturity when it comes to your calling. Father, I just, guys, put your hand on your heart. Father, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would lead all of us, Lord, to a place of truth, Lord, where you're wanting your church to stand in the call of Isaiah, Lord, knowing that you open doors that no man can open and you also shut doors that no man can shut. And I pray, Lord, Father, Lord, that you would give us grace, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are so tender and you are so merciful. And Lord, that Moses, Lord, when he realized what he'd done, it wasn't a sense of running into punishment. He, run, he ran into the arms of love and that you, 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 you discipled him, you spoke to him, you taught him, you, dis, you led him into a place of such peace and such identity, knowing that he could say, I lack nothing. You know, that moment of seeing um, God in the burning bush moment, guys, was the pure peace and pure reflection of that Moses was completely surrendered to God's will. And it was the Lord that drew him up to that mountain. So Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to your church right now. You would lead us into truth. And Father, Lord, if there are anything, Lord, that we need to repent, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you give us the grace to. And repentance, guys, is just saying, I'm changing my mind. I'm changing the way that I think on this area. And I commit to the truth, Lord, that we lack nothing when it comes to our calling. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs>